I'm Cassandra. Welcome to another episode on the Luminous Star Podcast. Friendly reminder, you can find me on YouTube at the Luminous Star channel. All right. Today's video. See, I'm so accustomed to doing videos, right? (laughs) Well, anyway, today's episode is about how sometimes the narcissist relationship has an energy residue that sticks to you. It's like it just latches on to you, right? It latches on to your energy body. So very often on the Luminous Star channel, I like to talk about how it's very important to release energy that's very heavy. See, there's a thing called energy transference that's involuntary. It happens between everyone that we interact with, right? So when we're in these narcissist relationships, the energy transference will take place or the energy transferences will take place. So this is very often why we feel drained of energy after we deal with the narcissist. But remember, after you've had those experiences, what is part of the aftermath? You may feel, you you may still feel icky. You may still feel like, uh, you know, you, you just want to wash all of that off of you. But we are all comprised of energy. Okay, so that means the narcissist has an energy body. You have an energy body. I have an energy body. Everybody has an energy body. So, you know, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't exist at all. Even when it comes down to trees, animals, plants, whatever is alive, a living organism has energy. If it didn't have it, it wouldn't exist. So when it comes down to having narcissist relationships, there is, uh, there's what's, what's left of that is the energy residue. Sometimes we're left with it. And as we go into other relationships, we may find certain aspects of the narcissist relationship popping up all over again. Well, that's because we didn't release that energy. We did not clear that energy. Not saying that we're doing something for the narcissist. You know, the narcissist, they're against the relationship from the onstart. When you think about the narcissistic personality, it is designed to go against having healthy relationships. Because for one thing, they lack empathy. At the end of the day, we all want the connection. Now, when it comes down to narcissistic relationships or the narcissistic personality within the relationship, what often happens is that they're going against the connection. See, it's very different when a person, they desire to connect with someone else or they desire the connection with others, but they may be having a hard time doing so because they have to learn how to do it, right? Perhaps because they had narcissist relationship in the past that has perhaps altered the way that they would have initially or originally behaved, right? So narcissist relationships often will alter a person's sense of not only time, but reality. Sometimes narcissists will pull a telekinesis. That is the attempt of altering the sense of time as well as the sense of reality of others. So um, when this happens, a person, they may be left feeling like, oh, you know, my energy feels drained or I feel energetically dirty or heavy. This is very common. So the narcissist relationship can kind of, you know, hook on to your energy body. That energy can hook on to your energy body. And very often when narcissists see signs of someone outgrowing these relationships, what are they doing? They, they start to try to hook people, to, to uh, hoover people back in, right? They're starting to recruit 
other people to play dysfunctional roles of flying monkeys. That's a very dysfunctional role because what they're doing, they're they're facilitating a hostile environment in order for something unfortunate to take place. Unfortunate for who? For who? You or maybe another person that the narcissist may be targeting to be hoovered back in to a very negative situation, perhaps a third party situation. So when narcissists start to lose control, they equate that with losing supply. And that's a no-no in their book. That's one of their worst nightmares. So when you're energetically feeling out of sorts, that's part of the reason why. Because perhaps you were experiencing something that may or may not have been natural, but that is your natural response. You're naturally responding to something that perhaps is not natural. Okay, so when it comes down to having this energy residue that a lot of us have experienced after the narcissist relationship, this is very common. So when narcissists tend to try to rehook or re or latch back on to your energy body, you're going to feel it more than likely, especially if you are a Hyoka empathic or a person who is highly intuitive empathic. Okay, so you're going to feel that energy. You're going to feel it because it's very heavy. Sometimes when you are feeling pretty good, then all of a sudden you're feeling down and out. That's one of the symptoms. That's one of the signs that perhaps you may be uh, psychically attacked by a narcissist that you used to be involved with. Or that is the energy residue or the aftermath of having a narcissist relationship. This doesn't mean you're a bad person. Now, some people may say, oh, you know, I'm cursed because, okay, but I can't answer that for you. But I will say this, that sometimes the aftermath of narcissist relationships will feel very overwhelming. It will feel very heavy like that, energetically, not just mentally, not just emotionally, not just spiritually, right? And sometimes even financially, because a narcissist may be trying to still get money out of you, no matter they, you know, never mind that they have some money stashed away somewhere, which a lot of them do, right? But they don't want you to know about it. But they will sometimes financially abuse another person. That's another way of continuing to hook onto a person's energy body. Okay? Because money, currency, energy. Just think about it. Just write them three words down. Put them side by side or in a in a on a list. Money, energy, currency. They, they are interwoven. So when a narcissist will financially misuse someone, that is another way he or she is continuing to feed off the energy body of those that they target for source of life. Okay, so this is why sometimes when you perhaps have thought about moving on or you have actually moved on, you're beginning your no contact lifestyle after the narcissist relationship is over, Right. Yeah, that's your no contact lifestyle. You're not having any contact with a narcissist or perhaps some other cluster B personality type. It's done for you. It's over. You are focused. You're thriving forward. You're healing. You're growing. You you are evolving. Okay. But the narcissist, here the narcissist comes with, with their tentacles, right? They're trying to hook you back in. So you feel it energetically, right? Your energy body feels it. Like, wait a minute, I haven't spoken to this person. You may think to yourself like, okay, or you may tell a friend or someone that you trust, you may have this conversation and say something like, well, I haven't spoken to this person in a long time. I don't, you know, I really don't feel like I know this person anymore and I don't feel like they ever knew me, right? So why do I feel 
what I'm feeling. What's going on here? I haven't had any contact with this person. Well, again, because of energy transference, right? Energetically, you're you're experiencing the residue of that relationship. That relationship, the narcissist relationship, that is. And perhaps it's been over for several years, perhaps several months, several weeks, or what have you. But the bottom line is this. You haven't been engaging. You haven't been entertaining. You haven't been feeding that narcissist relationship. You haven't had anything to do with the narcissist. But all of a sudden, perhaps now you're having uh, nostalgic moments. Perhaps you're experiencing flashbacks, nightmares. All of these things are natural responses to something that perhaps was unnatural, such as a narcissist relationship. Now, the reason why I'm putting it that way is because the narcissist relationship is not your typical dysfunctional relationship. And that is because you're dealing with pathological narcissism, which is a clinical narcissism. Okay, there are some people who may show signs or traits of a narcissist, but they may not be full-blown narcissists. Case in point, the cluster B personality type or the cluster B B personality types consisting of four elements. Number one, the borderline personality. Number two, the antisocial personality. Number three, the histrionic personality. And number four, the narcissistic personality. Now, notice I only said narcissist once in that category. So the cluster B personality consists of those four elements of personality types. But they are all fixed. That's the point. That's the other point I want to make. The cluster B personality type is a fixed personality. Now, if you really want to come down to which one of those four elements or four types of personality is the most maligning or malignant, that would be the narcissistic personality. Okay, so the other three, the borderline, right? Borderline personality, histrionic, and antisocial. See, they have narcissistic traits, but they are not as maligning as the narcissistic personality. So every person that you know of that has perhaps been diagnosed by a mental health care practitioner as a cluster B personality type, they are not necessarily the she devil or the devil. Not necessarily. No, no, they're 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 not a narcissist. They're not a full blown narcissist. But if they have been diagnosed with narcissistic personality, then, you know, you're dealing with a person who is a narcissist. There is right there is very. Yeah, they're a narcissist. But narcissistic traits don't necessarily mean a full-blown narcissist. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because some people are, um, they're staying in the sunken place because of a lack of, uh, of, of information. Okay. Not because they're, uh, incompetent, not because they're dumb, not because they're stupid. No, they're just ignorant to certain things. That's all. Just certain things that they just don't know about. This is why I often say it is imperative to learn more about pathological narcissism, how it affects people, as well as the cluster B personality types. What are they? Know who you're dealing with. Know what you're dealing with. This way, you're not stuck. You're able to focus on thriving forward. You are. You, you gain more clarity this way, right? 
So I also want to go ahead and move right into some critical questions. And I want to go ahead and invite everyone to jot down these critical questions because these are critical questions that I journaled a while ago, right? And I've answered these questions for myself. And I certainly hope that you are inspired to go ahead and jot these down and to answer these questions for yourself because it's going to help you gain clarity. And also, this is an amazing focus tool. So this way you're focused on yourself, not the narcissist, right? All right, critical question number one. When will you give yourself permission to enjoy your existence for a change? Okay, critical question number two. What are those narcissistic codependent relationships costing you? Okay, critical question number three. What is the purpose of the narcissist relationship? Critical question number four. Does the narcissist relationship alter your life? Okay, I want to add... I want to go ahead and add another critical question. That was going to be the last one, but I want to add one more. Critical question number five. How does the narcissist relationship affect your life? Okay. So I'm going to be asking some more critical questions, but those are the main ones. And, um, you know, I just, again, I want to invite you to jot those down in your journal and answer those because it will help you to gain clarity especially on how you tend to do relationships and how is it that narcissists may find you appealing for source supply? How is it that they're finding you a prime for source supply? See, answering those critical questions for me, clarified that. And honey, let me tell you, it helped me to get my ass into gear, (laughs) okay? And stop doing certain things. I didn't beat myself up. Well, at first I did, right? But this is not designed to to have you judging yourself harshly. But these critical questions are designed to help you to focus on thriving forward and to continue to make sure that your overall health and well-being is on point. So if you have a support base, okay, I'm going to jump right on into the tools. Tool number one, have a support base and navigate it like a boss navigate it like it is your main mission in life okay narcissists they're not going to want to be on board if they are on board of your support base they will work to dismantle it they will throw rocks at your back and if you turn to them they will hide their hand okay again speaking from experience here the narcissist does not belong in your support base okay they will work to dismantle it Tool number two, remind yourself of how far you've come. Even if you're currently in a narcissist relationship. See, it starts in the mind, not the behind. So you can pack your bags, you can leave that relationship, you can go on, you can cuss them out, you can tell them, fuck you, no, fuck your mama, bitch, bitch, motherfucker, whatever, right? (laughs) Whatever. You know how I get. So, when you start to thrive on it is not going to be because you packed your bags and left it will be because it started you changed your mind see the narcissist likes to be in the center of a person's mind not their heart so don't wait for the narcissist to change their mind or their heart about you or the relationship because they're probably not going to 
their objective is the source of lie. So when you consider, okay, even forgiveness, make it about you, not them. See, narcissists, they don't care if you forgive them or not. See, whichever way you go, if it supplies them, great. If if you're forgiving them, supplies them, they're okay with it. But if you don't forgive, if you choose not to forgive them, then if it supplies them, they're great with that too. So make sure that you are cognizant of the reality that contemplating forgiveness and actually forgiving someone is about you. It's a very intimate, personal thing. So make sure you don't make it about anyone else. Some people have gone on, for instance, to vow that they will never forgive the narcissist or to forgive the narcissist only to be stuck. Why? Because they didn't go through the steps necessary to contemplate forgiveness. They skipped over. They put the cart before the horse or they put the wagon before the horse. They skipped over some steps or they left some steps out. Okay? So even when you contemplate forgiveness, just remember it's about you, not them critical question. Pardon me, we're done with the critical questions, right? (laughs) Tool number three, make sure that you love on yourself, okay? I know that may sound cliche, love yourself, but no, I'm serious about this because right now with things happening on the planet the way they are, yes, this goes triple. Forget double, this goes triple. Love yourself. Make sure that you are giving yourself hugs every day, Okay, looking in the mirror, telling yourself that you love yourself and be proud that you have not lost the capacity to support, to nourish, to love not only yourself, but other people. See, you're balancing it. That's celebratory. Okay, celebrate that. Congratulations. The narcissist relationship may have tried to knock you out and keep you out down for the count no but you got up you brushed yourself off and you're thriving forward see you survived already now you're thriving now if you are currently in the narcissist relationship this goes for you as well you're outgrowing the narcissist relationship and perhaps you're starting to accept that by taking off the rose-colored glasses So tool number three, make sure that you're taking time out to love yourself, celebrate yourself, look at how far you've come, work your support base, and don't let that narcissist come in and dismantle it because perhaps they perceive your growth as a threat to their false self-images. Pardon me. But those false self-images are that from a saint to a martyr to a victim who can't seem to catch a break in life. See, they want to gaslight you into believing that they are a victim. Narcissists will try to throw off their their victim, uh, not the victim, but the uh, the shame. They will do anything to, just about anything, to throw off that shame onto others. Narcissists want you to see them as a victim. However, it is the shame. It is their shame that heavy, heavy shame that they don't want to deal with, that they often throw off on other people. Sometimes they will go as far as to try to influence people to share in their karma the consequences of the choices that they made to gain at the expenses of not only you, but other people. 
The narcissist made that choice, but see, they don't want to pay the price for it. They often salivate over the rewards of obtaining supply and perhaps maintaining supply rather than looking at the cost. What is it going to cost the narcissist to pull shenanigans to get the supply, not only from you, but to other, from others? What, what is it going to cost them? They're not thinking about how much they're going to have to pay or, or actually what they're going to pay. So when it comes down to the narcissist's relationship, there's even a contract. See, the narcissist tries to get people to switch contracts with him or her. It looks something like this. Say your birthright is that you were supposed to become a, a, a millionaire, a billionaire or whatever. The narcissist will try to switch that out. They just want to switch places with you. And the, the life that the narcissist was supposed to have, they want you to experience so that's switching out contracts. A lot of that is going on right now. You got a lot of narcissists right now ripping and running, trying to figure out who they're going to latch back on to because their time is up. Perhaps they're going off to spiritual jail and they want you right there handcuffed to them, with them in that stinky dungeon of a spiritual jail. They want you right there. Why? So they can keep on latching off your energy. So when they put that on you, it is hard to sometimes get it off, especially when you're not cognizant of, okay, what is it going to take to release this energy, transmute it, or to, uh, uh, well, I think that's, okay, I was trying to come up with something else, but I, I, I really think that's really what I want to say right there. How do you get rid of it? Okay, that's my overall point. How do you get rid of it? Once it's on you, because you didn't ask for it, Right. And in some cases, some people, they did agree to have the relationship with the narcissist, but they didn't see the fine print. They didn't see the clause. They didn't see the terms of the contract, the imaginary contract that the narcissist drew up. They didn't see the fine print. They didn't see the clause. You, you know, you've ever read a contract and there was those little letters at the, at the end of the contract or on that or on the other page of the contract or the, on the last page of the contract. Then you noticed it after you signed. You're like, oh shit, what is this clause? What are these little words here? And see, the narcissist often has those clauses. They have the fine print to the imaginary contract. So what are the terms of the contract when it comes down to the narcissist relationship? What are the terms of the contract? What are the terms? Are there any terms? Because they've already created that con, that, that, uh, The narcissist has already created the contract. Part of that clause, wait for it, is that they have created false image of you. What is the false image of you? They may have idealized you. Then they move on to devalue you. Then they have discarded of you. That narcissistic abuse cycle is very vicious. But when you think about the clause or the fine print, or the terms of the imaginary contract of a narcissist relationship that narcissists often draw up in secret. Yeah, when you have co-signed that, then you start to energetically feel the ramifications of it. It's very heavy. Even when you have moved on physically, sometimes you may feel that heaviness energetically. Once the narcissist puts that energy on a person, Sometimes it's hard to, it's very challenging to get it off. And this is one of the reasons why, because we don't know the terms 
of the fine print or the terms of the contract. It was a secret contract. A lot of people are still walking around today not realizing that the narcissist has drawn up a secret contract or an imaginary contract for them to fulfill. And it may be years later, the narcissist still is looking for them to fulfill the, the terms of that contract. Well, first of all, I didn't know there was a contract. You ever think about the energy harvesting? A lot of that is going on right now. Narcissists, some of them are ripping and running. Okay? They're looking for people to latch back on to that they used to get a lot of supply from. It may have been 10 years. It may have been five. It may have been well, how many ever years, however long it's been. You, 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 when you look at it right now, you know, it's amazing. A lot of narcissists are looking to reconnect with people that they have, you know, mistreated a long time ago. They're looking to get back in. They're looking to gaslight individuals. Hoover them back in. They've already done the damage. They're looking to do some more damage. Why? Because they want to avoid paying the cost of what they have done. The choices that they have made to narcissistically abuse others to gain at other people's expenses. Now it's time for them to pay and they don't want to. Okay. So uh, the terms of the contract is something to, to really be cognizant of. Once you see what the terms are, doesn't mean you're stuck. Not at all. Okay. So depending on the circumstances, only you can answer that. Only you know what your circumstances are and your situation. But the bottom line is this. Narcissists are often looking to put that kind of energy on people and have it stick for life. When you think about the narcissist relationship and how it functions, yeah, it, it's, it's not a far stretch of the imagination to see that once that energy is put on a person's energy body, it is hard to get off. It is hard to remove it, but it can be done. Tool that I want to also share with you. This is another tool, okay? Tell the truth. This is one of the best ways to remove that energy. Narcissists are often fabricating or they're about the falsehood, okay? They have false self-images for goodness sakes, right? <laughs> so when it comes down to removing that energy off of you, that's one of the best ways to do it. Tell the truth. You're not going to take that vow or you're not... See, that's part of the contract too. The vow of secrecy, right? Keep their dark, dirty secret. Take it to your grave. But if you find creative ways and innovative ways to release that energy, you can do that. You don't have to continue to suffer in silence. So sometimes narcissists, they will go ahead and try to re to rehook or to hook back on or to hoover back in a person that they want to get more supply from or they think they can get more supply from. That They don't care about how far you've come. They don't care about your growth. They don't care about your showing signs of outgrowing the relationship and you have outgrown him or her. You have grown past them. Forget about trying to get over the narcissist. You have grown past him or her and they don't like that. They might be a little salty. So right now they may be trying to hook you back in. So a lot of this is going on right now, folks. Uh, I think a lot of you are aware of this, but um, just make sure you are taking care of yourself. There are a lot of narcissists out here who are looking to re uh, uh, to to latch back on to your energy because they need that energy to continue to get supply. Now, 
In some cases, they have other people around them that they're obtaining source supply from. But no, they want the they want the one with the mostest. Okay, the one with the most, the one the mostest with the mostest. I'll just put it like that, and that may be you. Okay, you're the person that they, they, they're looking at, and they're like they're salivating. And they're like, okay, I I, I want to dig in again. It's disgusting as that may sound to some of you, but the bottom line is this: uh, remember. Whenever you're focusing on thriving forward, make sure that you are not giving place to the narcissist. It is best to just move forward as best as you can. You know, you can do that. Just move forward. Some of you perhaps have been having nightmares. You may have become uh, nostalgic about the past, but I say use your past as reference. This is something that I do. I vow to do this. I've learned from all of my past relationships even my current relationships, I'm learning the value of them. Narcissists can't touch that. So when they're looking to hoover you back in, you have already become a person who is hoover resistant. You're hoover resistant. They can't hoover you back in. With what? I don't care how many, uh, they can have an army of flying monkeys and they're not going to be able to hoover you back in. Why? Because you remain focused on thriving forward. You You are taking care of your business. You're ahead of the game. See, you've been in a class with the narcissist. You've learned from those relationships. You've graduated. You've moved out of the class. You can teach the class now, but you've moved on to bigger and better. The narcissist doesn't like that. So they want to hook you back in. So, uh, you know, I hope that I said something in this episode that has enlightened you and perhaps influenced you, if not encouraged you to keep on thriving forward. Congratulations on thriving forward. (laughs) I'm Cassandra. Until next time, stay tuned for more episodes. Mwah!